This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Welcome to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam and I'm your host. And today on the podcast, we have a very special guest. Horace Schultze is the founder, chairman, and CEO of the Capella Hotel Group and co-founder and former COO of Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company. He is a legendary leader and global titan of business. His visionary and disruptive principles have reshaped the concepts of excellence, service, and competitive advantage, transcending divisions of industry across the business landscape. His book, Excellence Wins, is out now, and we'll leave links to that in the show notes. For time, we've decided to make this a two-part episode. So now, please enjoy part two of our conversation with Horace Schultze. Well, let me ask you just, because uh, there's people listening uh, that they run just, they don't run a uh, international hotel chain. They run a, one store, or they pastor a church that has 100 people attending, and uh, they're, they're listening to Hort Schultze, who founded Ritz-Carlton, and saying, yeah, but we're not a Ritz-Carlton. So you can, you can do things with excellence if you've got a Ritz-Carlton budget. But if you're leading a small company, a small church, you can't do things with excellence. You just have to do uh, you know, so-so kind of job. What, what advice would you give someone who's leading something small with a small budget? Can they do let, things let, with excellence? Let me make it. A very arrogant statement here. <laughs> if, I had a, if I had a little hardware store, it would be the best hardware store in the, in the city. <laughs> I promise you. Because what, I have what, no what, doubt. What, <laughs> because, because, Richard, what, what did we really do? We cared for our customers. Hmm. That's all. And we make sure that the employees aligned and understand why we care. We didn't just say do it to the employees. We didn't just do this. We explained them why. We connected them to the purpose and the reason of everything. And, if, and, and all is caring. So I have to, if I have that little hardware store or whatever it is, and it, or a Motel, Motel 6, I have to understand what is the market expecting from me and how can I show, how can I show them that I care for them. Hmm. <clears throat> hmm. That's really what it is. You know, uh, Richard, the expectation of a customer when the customer buys anything, it doesn't matter what it is. A bottle of water or a house or a TV or, or legal service, the subconscious expectation that you have from your purchase is that, that number one, there are three things. Let's say it's a bottle of water. I like to give that as an example. It's so simple. Next, a bottle of water. The expectation is that it is defect-free. There's nothing swimming in it. Hmm. You don't. That's a subconscious expectation. It's, <laughs> it's clean. Yeah. <clears throat> the next subconscious expectation is that you get it when you want it. Timeliness. Very important. Mm-hmm. Very important. Number three, that the people who give it to you are nice to you. Hmm. That's the expectation. Now, if I so if I know that, I have to create processes behind each expectation in my particular business. It doesn't matter. But here's the crazy thing. And, and people know it, but they're not doing it. They have no process for it. Hmm. The caring is the greatest driver of customer satisfaction and eventually loyalty, more so than the product and the timeliness. Hmm. Wow. Well, and, 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 and the crazy, why wouldn't I do something about that? But hmm. that means, but that means I have to align everybody 
that contacts the customer to show caring. Hmm. You're, That's uh, it. Now, one other just kind of side story that I, I find fascinating <laughs> is that you trained your staff. Uh, one of their responses always was, my pleasure. Uh, if, if someone had a problem, <laughs> yeah. it was my pleasure. Yeah. And, of course, a lot of, a lot of people are used to, in the South are used to hearing that from Chick-fil-A. Uh, when yeah. they go to Chick Fil A, <laughs> but uh... you, know, you, know, you, you I think Richard, you know how that happened. Yeah. I was, <laughs> in fact, let Dan, Kathy tells it slightly different. Than I do, but I know, I remember exactly what happened. In fact, <laughs> Dan and I were were, were jog, running a race together, and Dan says, "Have you so horse? Have mind you, they were, that is over 30, 30 years ago. Have you been in a Chick Fil A?" I said, "Yeah." He said, what do you think? I said, well, you're the best of a lousy lot, but you're not very good. <laughs> wow. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. <laughs> so we went to a Chick-fil-A. We talked about what I thought would change. And then I said, and we talked. And he, uh, Dan came to Ritz Carlton with the people. And I went there one day to talk to them about the customer approach. All their vice presidents. True, uh, 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 Kathy was sitting in the back just listening to it. And I told him, okay, first of all, eye contact within so many feet, saying hello, welcome, not necessarily hi. And said, in fact, it's language. Instead of hi, say, hi, good, good morning. How are you today? In a, but in a Chick-fil-A, hi is okay, but better once in a while say welcome and so on. Next, don't say okay. In, in, in Ritz-Carlton, we say my pleasure instead of okay. But you guys, that your market segment, you shouldn't say okay, my pleasure. It's too fancy. You should, and everybody agreed. Everybody agreed we shouldn't say that. We should, and so we were talking for 10 minutes what we should say. Uh, I'm happy to, uh, certainly, or so on. And all of a sudden, Trude in the back raised his finger and said, I like my pleasure. <laughs> and I said, well, Mr. Cathy, that's good for its cult, but not for you. I like it. <laughs> that was it. So, so people give me credit, <laughs> said to me, well, you brought my pleasure to, to, um, to Chick-fil-A. No, I told them not to use it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, a fascinating story. Of course, anyway, all the fans are, are also have loyal customers to Chick-fil-A, but uh, that connection with Ritz-Carlton and my pleasure, I, I've always found that fascinating. Uh, yeah, of course, yeah, Chick-fil-A yeah. has an eye for doing things with excellence and excellent customer yeah. service also. But yeah. Well, uh, as we're as we're uh, running out of time, like I knew we would, you you have a book, and I know for years you were working on this book, and uh, it just it was one of those masterpieces that was taking a long time to come together because you have given talks around the world and you've spoken in all kinds of conferences about this, but you, but you'd never put this in writing before, but uh, it's just the just last year within the last year that. Um, your book finally came out, and, and I love, uh, it's so appropriate, the title, Excellence Wins, um, A No-Nonsense Guide to Becoming the Best in a World of Compromise. And uh, yeah. I t So tell us, uh, you, I, I think in, in essence, you, you put your philosophy in, in these pages, don't you, and the, and the leadership yeah, lessons. Yeah, right. Very much so, and I try to tell it in a form of stories. But uh, yeah, excellence, uh, Richard, excellence is never an 
excellence is never an accident. Hmm. It's always the result of high intentions. Hmm. Hmm. So excellence starts with high intention. And excellence in a thing, a, 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 a car is if it runs well, a knife if it cuts well. Excellence in a human being, though, you have to be excellent and high, have to have high excellent intent in what you do, hmm. your work, but also in your morality, hmm. yeah. but also in your relationship. Hmm. And if you're really all around in your spirituality, if you put excellence in 10 high intent in those four, that means you become a human being of excellence. Mm. And but excellence, high intent in a company is, for me, the high intent was very simply, we will be the finest hotel organization, the finest service organization in the world. Mm. But I had to make sure that that serves all concerned, yeah. which I touched on. Yeah. Uh, the, the, and, but once I've mature about it, I have to say, what are the steps that gets me there? Hmm. And then I had to co- keep focus on it. And, and my focus now was that nobody strays from it, that constant, every decision is made for that high intent, hmm. which I know was serving everybody. Hmm. Even if I had to let somebody go, hmm. I, I knew I had to do it because it, if I would not have, it would have been against being the very best. That means I'm against every employee, every investor, every customer and society as a whole. Hmm. So I, hmm. my, my decisions were made clear to me by the intent that we had. Oh. But excellence, excellence high, it's high intent. I mean, well, you know, you, you, our destiny in this world, our, what we do in this world, it's not chance. It's not chance. It's a, it's choice. Hmm. And that choice has to be very high intent. Hmm. And if it's not high intent, you, you may end up somewhere where you don't want to be. Hmm. Yeah. And, and, and you have to be, and, and a leader has the obligation to be very deliberately understand that and know it and work it. Hmm. But deliberately question themselves constantly. Is my decision good for all concerned? Yeah. You know, and I've, anyone who's ever been in a store or a restaurant that is poorly managed, uh, yeah. that is not managed for excellence, just, just looking at the staff, to me, it's demoralizing. I just, I can't imagine yeah. working in a place that did not want to do things with excellence. It's, uh, it's almost dehumanizing. Yes. To just yeah. just say yeah. just just do whatever. Um, I think you dehumanize people when you don't ask for their best. Yeah, Richard, I worked a, a couple of years ago. Uh, I, I'm working with several companies, consulting, and 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 on several boards. But I talked to a company to potentially consult with them. Uh, it's a couple of years ago, and I said, "So, what is the objective of the company?" Is what is the objective? And he pulled out the annual report and read the vision statement for the company and, and went right on to read the mission statement. And I said, well, that, is that, that, that sounds really great. Does, is everybody aligned to that? Oh, everybody knows it. And I went out into the company and talked, uh, honestly, over 100 people. Nobody ever heard about it. <laughs> Nobody. Hmm. Nobody. And in fact, one employee said, what do you talk about vision problem? I only work here. Huh. 
Huh. You know, huh. how, why would we expect great results hmm. if we don't align, if you only let your people fulfill function? Like the chair in which we're sitting is fulfilling a function. Hmm. We're dealing with human beings. Hmm. We're dealing with human beings. Yeah. And, we, and it is, it is it, 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 to me, sinful to hire human beings just to fulfill a function. I hire them for a purpose. Hmm. And I go, go back, and I, I, I often do that. I know, quote the, the philosophers, Aristotle said, yeah. you cannot be fulfilled without having purpose, without belonging. Hmm. So, so if I know that, particularly as a Christian, love your neighbor as yourself. So how can I hire them now and just give them function hmm. rather than try and help them to be as a human being fulfilled in this earth, hmm. connecting them to being part of excellence and so on. Hmm. You know, well, it, you, it, it, it's, not, it's not acceptable. Well, and, by the way, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, especially pastors listening today and church leaders, um, I, I know you feel passionate about that in, in business and in hotels, but, uh, but certainly when you're running a church, you would think that if you're, if you're doing that for God, how would, yeah. you, how would you not do everything with excellence when it was for God and when it's affecting people's eternal destinies, perhaps, by how well you manage yourself? Exactly, exactly. I mean, I, I, by the way, uh, people should not say that, think that everything went excellent. Let me tell you something. We had some serious problems in Ritz, uh, building Ritz Garden, serious moments. But I kept focus on the dream. Hmm. The, the, we, we got up, and in fact, the first two years, I regretted badly that I took the job in the first place. Uh, uh. And, and it, it was a, and I didn't think we would survive as a company. We it would make it. So one, I didn't tell Sherry, my wife, because she had this little baby. She was new in town and we had debts. We couldn't sell our place in Chicago. It was a terrible moment. But one day I, I knew I had to tell her because it, it was imminent that we would fail. Hmm. And so I went home and said, Sherry, I have to talk to you. It's something terrible. And I felt terribly bad because we were not that long married, a few years, and the first baby and all that. I just have to tell you, we made a mistake. Hmm. I don't think we're going to make it as a, as, a, as a company. And Sherry looked at me and said, why would you argue with God? Huh. We, I prayed on it. You prayed on it. We talked it. Maybe the job doesn't work. But we, we, we made the right thing coming here. So let's, let's trust God. Wow. And, I say, and I made it clear, I will never argue with God again in front of you. <laughs> well, and I, and I so, know Sherry, and I know what a, a godly woman uh, it is, she is. And uh, I, yeah. I, you're probably wise not to argue with Sherry either. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. <laughs> if you like what we're doing and would like to support our work, please consider making a donation. Even a little bit will go a long way toward keeping this podcast going for the months and years to come. To support this podcast, click on the link in the show notes. We are truly grateful for our wonderful community of listeners. Well, we're, uh, let me just ask you one other uh, question. We're, there's so much, uh, Horace, you're, you are, are just a reservoir of wisdom and uh, insight. And uh, But coming out of this uh, whole COVID 
shut down. Uh, so many uh, business leaders have had to furlough and lay people off and uh, cut back uh, expenditures. And now companies are, are trying to get started back up uh, and, mm-hmm. and so on. And and it seems that with a lot of businesses, uh, things will change, certainly. And it, certainly in the hotel, the restaurant business, uh, uh, impacted dramatically. Uh, but it's also a, an opportunity to perhaps do some things differently, maybe to do them better, uh, to have a reset and say, do we really want to just do everything the way we were before? Or is this an opportunity here? And what what, what yeah. advice would you give to uh, business leaders who've just been through a, a, a huge crisis? Yeah. But but is there are there opportunities going well, into the future? Yeah, yeah. well. During any crisis, and we all have gone through, this one happens to be a unique one. I would advise my company. I sold my company. I've gone from risk out many years. I sold Capella two years ago. But I'm advising companies. I'm, I'm on a board of companies, and I called each one of them told me, here's my advice now. There are two things that should not change no matter what. That is the vision, the purpose, and the values of the company. They cannot change. They are Stable. Now, what has to change is priority and strategies and system possibly and all kinds of things may have to change. But priority has to change. Priority right now is the company. The company must survive. Hmm. Sorry, the company must survive because without the company, nobody has anything. Hmm. It must survive. And unlike other times when it's always all concerned, now it's the company we have to pay attention to. And then and next, what you have to do is say, how uh, your customers have to survive. How do you make sure that because of Corona, they feel even stronger and more loyal to you? Hmm. How do you communicate? What are you going to say? What I, w- I would like an answer what you're going to do about it, I told them. Number two, what about because of Corona, you find new customers? Hmm. Rethink because of Corona, rethink what it is, but don't think, I feel bad, we have a problem. Leaders, that's not the business of a leader. (laughs) The business of a leader is to sit down and say, this is a situation, I understand it, how do I benefit from it right now? Hmm. Number three, next, now you have to make sure that you don't lose the top 20% of the best of your employees. Hmm. And now you can all get upset with me. (laughs) Next. Get rid of the bottom 30% of them. Wow. Sorry, but the company must survive. Hmm. Simple as that. Hmm. And, and they weren't, I want you to know something. The people that, that are not so good in their company, they weren't happy there anyway. They will find better situations somewhere else. Hmm. But, you cannot, you, but you cannot just be a nice guy and keep them all and start over again. Hmm. And of course, and so, so, who, uh, so that's, those are the changes. But understand something too. In 10 years from now, you will tell, uh, while now it's horror, you will spe- spend, uh, you spend uh, time in 10 years to tell great story what you did during this terrible time. Hmm. It is the, it's the stories that you tell your children and your grandchildren how wonderful you were. <laughs> so make it wonderful. So make it wonderful. Hmm. What I've said, uh, th- this is the time for leaders. Leaders uh, thrive lead. uh, in Christ. That's why they're there. It's for the, such a time. And uh, that's it. Focus and, on the vision. Don't focus. Don't don't find 
don't tell me what is that it's difficult. I know. No, that's great. So what are you going to do because it's difficult to make yourself better? Yeah. Well, Horace, any last uh, any last advice you'd have for a leader today? As you look back, you've had such a storied uh, career. You still continue to serve on boards and give advice and talks. Uh, this uh, book, we want to recommend uh, people to go to Amazon and pick this book up. It's uh, There are just some people that have such a track record of success uh, uh, and just excellence in what they've done. You you don't just talk about excellence. You are the example of excellence and what you've built. Um, and so really encourage people to get this book. But uh, Horace, any last uh, counsel to maybe a younger leader, someone who's just starting out and they've got a yeah. career and they need, you, you've talked about not chance, but choice. Uh, there's some choices that people can make that will determine what kind of career they have. Uh, any well, any last advice for them? Yeah, it, 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 this issue of choice. Make make decisions. My goodness, if, you, you, wherever you are right now, you made a choice to go there. You ended up where you are because that was the choice. If you would have just gone, you would have end, you had a destination in mind. Mm -hmm. If it just would have gone, you would have ended up maybe somewhere where you don't want to be. Mm. Make sure you have in mind a destination for yourself, Mm. a future that is beautiful. And then start making the choices as to how you get there. I'm telling you, your destiny is not, you cannot leave it up to luck. It has to be choice. Mm. It has to be, you have to make the choice for excellence, the choice the choice, and, and of course, for high intent in your life. It's all choice. It's all decisions. It's all decisions. Uh, if I may tell you a very short story about a friend of mine, a good friend, I've told him a million times, but great friend, great guy, wonderful human being, incidentally, in Germany. We, call, we got jogging together when I was there for hmm. hours. And he always likes to argue with me about the existence of God hmm. because he's a proud atheist. So he said, and one day we were running again about two years ago. Uh, and he said, and I was happy. He didn't bring it up. Yeah. But suddenly after about an hour, he said, God, horse, well, you cannot prove that there is God or Jesus. <laughs> and I said, well, that's interesting because you can't prove that there isn't. <laughs> I said, with other words, it's a belief, it's a choice. Faith is a choice. We either evolve with us, with our parents, with our church, or what. Or we have to make it at once. And he said, you know what? I made a choice for hope, for God. Hmm. And you made a choice against hope. And he looked at me and said, oh, actually, I'm agnostic. It took one minute for him to become agnostic. (laughs) He, He realized it is your decisions. It's your decisions. Make the right. Don't blame faith make the right decision, make the right choices, and then implement the steps that takes you to your choices, and you will go there. Mm. And make sure it is high intent. My goodness, excellence is always the result. Excellence is the result of high intent Mm. and choices, decisions for high intent. Mm. Mm. And I, I, I urge you, particularly you young people, don't go just out there working have have high intent hmm. see some see something beautiful and incidentally 
throwing a rock in a in a in a, in a store window is not high intent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Horace. It's uh, I knew that we would uh, just it'd be like a fire hydrant here, getting wisdom <laughs> out of you. And, uh, and uh, but I so appreciate you giving us the time. I know you've got uh, calls even still today to advise uh, yeah. major major yeah. companies. And so thank you for just taking some time just to drop in with us and our listeners. And uh, again, just encourage people to get the book, Excellence Wins. Um, I think all of us just, we all need time around a, a Horst Schultze to just be reminded that we could still probably take our game to another level. We could still do better. And if you can do better, then you should. Uh, and give God your very best. And uh, yes. and when you do that, you end up like Horace uh, down the road. Uh, I didn't list all the awards and recognitions he's received, but, uh, you know, you can look back on a life and a career and with pride when you've when you've lived your life with excellence uh, because you end can, up... Go ahead. Can what? I make one more comment? Sure. Uh, a, a friend of mine, Famous Amos. Remember Famous Amos, Famous Amos Cookies? Okay, yeah. He had on his desk a sign, God is watching, give him a good show. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I like that. Well, thank yeah. you, Horace, and we encourage yeah. people, go to the show notes and uh, and check out on uh, Amazon, Excellent Wins, and uh, you can go to YouTube and see all kinds of uh, presentations and talks and videos by Horace. He's uh, spoken many places, and it's always worth uh, the time to listen to what he has to say. So, Horace, may God continue to use you and bless you and your dear wife, thank Sherry. God. And uh, Thank you. and I look forward to visiting with you again. Thank you for all your work, Richard. God bless you. Thank you, Horace. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackme.org.